0: Ladies and gentlemen, now, It's Too Late with Alan Mosley.
1: Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night. It's Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing?
0: I'm pretty good. You doing good? All right. I happened
1: to notice in the news, literally right as you were clicking the button, they passed the COVID-19 Hate Crime Act. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's heading it's heading to Biden's desk. It's going to be made law. Because so, COVID
0: hates people. What's it, going on? Well,
1: it, <laughs> that being neither here nor there, the 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 alleged purpose of the bill is because there's there's been a huge increase in hate crimes directed towards Asians, and so they're going to have to have another bill to make it super duper illegal actually no it wouldn't even be super duper -duper, because it was illegal to beat up an asian person and then it was super duper illegal if that's a hate crime now it's going to be triple super duper illegal (laughs) because they have another bill that says they're going to direct even more resources (laughs) to stop these crimes so wow uh, yeah wow why don't they just
0: do infinity laws and make everything utopia
1: it wasn't that a marvel movie infinity laws If you have the gauntlet, you get to make the laws. That's it. (laughs) So, speaking of people who were really glad they don't get to make the laws, uh, Prince Harry from across the pond over there. Now, you might be aware that he recently, he and his wife decided, we don't want the royal life. We're going to go to America so we can, I guess, live like the unwashed masses. I mean, we know that's not true, right? They're still going to live posh, uh, entitled lives. They're just not going to be royalty anymore. But he had said... That the First Amendment was bonkers. Do we have a picture of Prince Harry? Yeah, there he is right there. So Prince Harry, he said that the First Amendment, this is his actual quote. He said, quote, I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment as I sort of understand it, but it is bonkers. I don't want to start going down the First Amendment route because that's a huge subject and one which I don't understand because I've only been here a short time. But you can find a loophole in anything. You can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said. <sighs> what?
0: I, this, this is what happens when, when you give people a platform because they're wealthy. Like, he, there's yeah. no reason for this dude. He has, he's not contributed anything to the world intellectually, and yet he has platforms to say these things because he's some rich guy from some place.
1: So I, I, I happened to notice that uh, Nigel Farage, which I, I don't really care one way or the other for Nigel Farage. I know that he was instrumental in the Brexit movement, but yeah. he really he really kind of dropped the ball on the whole mask and mandate thing, mm-hmm. too. So it's kind of like maybe he was picking his battles. I just call it unprincipled. But that being neither yeah. here nor there, he had a really good quote. It was in response to Prince Harry saying that the First the, the First Amendment, which is kind of sacred to the institution of Americans as bonkers, and mm-hmm. Nigel Farage said pretty Pretty soon Prince Harry won't be wanted on either side of the Atlantic <laughs> and I was like yeah so I I'll give Farage that. that that was pretty good
0: I got a lot of respect for the guy I mean he is a politician but
1: yes he is I'm exactly. surprised
0: they haven't murdered him yet honestly
1: very true <laughs> um so speaking of get, being murdered yet uh everybody this was actually this was actually the anniversary this week of the Giuliani moment between in the debate between Ron Paul and and rudy giuliani Uh remember where where ron paul was talking about blowback and and we're over there and that's why terrorists attack us and then rudy giuliani was like you know harumph harumph how dare you sir and ron paul was like nah i mean that that that's that's my rough paraphrasing of how Ah. it went down (laughs) so his his son andrew giuliani has announced that he's running for governor of new york do we have a picture of andrew right there there he is. Okay, so Andrew, so so really quick. By the way, this is a, this is only half joking. So the actor that played the bully in Christmas Story was a guy named Zach Ward. So here's a side by side of Zach Ward and Andrew Giuliani.
0: Oh wow,
1: wow. Okay, so it's not just me then.
0: No, wow. Okay, but that's scary. They're both lizard people. Look at them.
1: <laughs> well, they're even worse than lizard people, Sherry. They're gingers.
0: Oh hey.
1: I can't tell you people apart.
0: <laughs> we all look <laughs> the same. <laughs> my breasts up. don't matter.
1: So Andrew Giuliani said, this, this was his quote, by the way, when he was announcing his candidacy. He said, quote, I'm a politician out of the wound. It's in my DNA. I feel like that should just immediately mean he's out of the race, right? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. That means something that, that should be, you know, what Down syndrome is in people's DNA, too and they're on the same par i think
1: well you know what i if 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 this were sparta <laughs> just just yeah. saying just saying i just you know obviously like the electorate in the state of new york is a different kind of electorate than maybe here in tennessee or in florida or texas or whatever and so maybe that's the kind of message that resonates with them and i understand yes his his dad was was mayor of new york um, was mayor of new york during nine eleven, all that garbage um but the fa- but like actually coming out and saying like your are basically your platform is vote for me because i'm made for this right. i mean he's he literally it out of the womb it's in my dna he like that teeters really close to that like monarch monarchistic the yes. like you know, God's chosen, right? Right. Like he, he is, he is uh, ordained by God to be the king of New York.
0: Right. We're in line. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, Sweats as much as his dad.
1: Yeah. Right. (laughs) Well, he's got more, you know what? Rudy's not a ginger.
0: (laughs) No. He's wonder, wonder
1: what, wonder what happened there.
0: (laughs) 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 Hmm.
1: You know what? You know what else was in the news, Sherry? No. Israel and Palestine are back in the news. You know what that means, don't you?
0: Oh, what does that mean, Alan? It
1: means it's time for a commercial break. Guys, we're going to be right back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this. Don't go away. Hey Sherry. Yes. What time is it?
0: Meme of the week.
1: My face when the government tells me I can do something again <laughs> that I never stopped doing. <laughs> have, you, have, you ever, have you ever seen American Psycho?
0: I have. I have.
1: Let us know in chat if you've seen American Psycho because I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for people, but it's like like 20 years old it's like well it's like 25 years old probably yeah. at this point so I, th- I feel like you know what's the what's yeah. what's the the date at which it's okay to spoil something because it's you know it's been out long enough That's true. dude Ooh. american psycho is one of those movies where i know that what you're watching is disturbing and maybe this is like an expose on me the viewer but i'm laughing my ass off watching american psycho yeah
0: i mean I, I, it was it's it's satire But it's disturbing as well. It's very interesting. You'll you'll have this look a lot on your on your Mm -hmm. while you're watching it. Well,
1: like in my mind, I was this is this is just like a a glimpse into the the mind of Alan Mosley.
0: Oh Lord help us. (laughs) Like
1: sometimes I think about what it was like on the set. Like the crews around and they're filming and they're like running through the the motions or whatever. Like imagine being on the set. For him banging the prostitutes and then chopping them up with an axe or something. Right, right. And, you're, and, and everyone's saying, yeah, good take. I, I right. like that. That's This is like Emmys or in our future.
0: Right. Like, I mean, you can you can bang prostitutes and you can chop them up, but you better not be dropping any lights or anything, working on stuff while Mr. Bale is working. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> that came later. Maybe <laughs> maybe Maybe it was because he did American Psycho that he turned into.
0: Ah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You ever see that movie Equilibrium? He was yes. in that. It's kind of like The Matrix before The Matrix.
0: Yeah, it was pretty good. Sean Bean is in that too. I tell you what's a good movie he's in, The Machinist. That's a good movie.
1: That is a good movie. Sean Bean also died in Equilibrium.
0: Yeah. I love Sean Bean.
1: These are, the even... types, these are the types of questions we should get in viewer mail. Like, name a Sean Bean movie where he doesn't die. Yeah. <laughs> We might have to actually stop and like Google it to figure it out. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's uh let's answer some viewer mail. You know,
0: this seems like it should be one of the games on The Price Is Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like it's like Plinko, kind of. Yeah, Plinko. Oh, we should play Plinko at next That'd year's live awesome. show. All right. On that note, I. I dig myself these graves. I say we're going to play Plinko at the next live show, and now people are going to show up. Hey, where's Plinko? Where's Where's Plinko? Plinko. (laughs) Uh, Andrew Avery writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, is it hair-raising to breed rabbits? (sighs) So, like, as a disclaimer to put at the bottom of the screen, he spelled hair, H-A-R-E, because, you know, homophones don't really work unless you can see the writing of which, you know. Yeah, I feel like we've talked to Andrew more than once now about I mean, having having audio or visual cue puns and how that yeah. might not work in he, translation.
0: He has been much scolded.
1: Yeah, no, no banana pudding for him next year. <laughs> uh, Clay Davis writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, here's a Jeopardy answer in the form of a question. So how would you how would it look on the Jeopardy board?" What is Israel? <laughs> um I mean, I guess I would say an apartheid ethno nation state. <laughs> right? I mean
0: I'll take that for a thousand, Alex. <laughs> Alan. I mean
1: I mean what's great about that is like that's that's really the exact same thing that the alt-right people want, just not the Jew part. Right. Every everything about what I just said was was accurate, but no Jews.
0: No Jews. Nobody no wants the Jews. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I may. That's a.
1: I feel like that might be a good future episode. <laughs> What's with the Jews? Why doesn't anyone want them? What's up with that?
0: I mean, I have a good friend who's Jew, and I love her.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jonathan Carranza writes. Three part question. So first of all, oh, we got to really? stop doing two and three part questions.
0: Yeah, that's too much for me.
1: <laughs> three part question. Part one: What is your favorite Lord of the Rings movie? Sherry, do you have a favorite Lord of the Rings movie?
0: I mean, that's a really hard question for me to answer. I feel like they were all so well done, and I really, I really love them all. I, I I'd have to really think about that. I don't have an answer for you.
1: Well, if, you, if you're if you saying Lord of the Rings, as in the original three movies, the different books of Lord of the Rings, um, that's because they're not really sequels in like the traditional Hollywood sense. Right. Like, remember back in the day, they would make like, like there's like Lethal Weapon and there's Lethal Weapons, <laughs> like two through 87. Yes. <laughs> they didn't like, they didn't start with Lethal Weapon one and say, this is a grand epic that we need to break into parts.
0: Right. They did
1: it. They made sequels because they made money. But The Lord of the Rings was always one single story. It was just broken into pieces to make it palatable for theaters Mm -hmm. for for runtime. So it's really unfair to even say one particular movie is a movie. They're really all one story. With that said, I would say uh, Return of the King because it's the conclusion and The Ride of the Rohirrim, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It's great.
1: It it was great. I mean, we were actually just talking the other day about how you you have strong female characters in Lord of the Rings, like right. like Eowyn and Arwen, which she's an elf though instead of a human. Does that still count?
0: I I think it still counts. Okay, she has the 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 required parts. Let's just say oh, that
1: you don't know that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing
1: you don't know that. She's she's the offspring of Tyler, so you definitely don't know that. Well, um. But anyway, you can have these strong female characters like like Eowyn defeats the Witch King of Angmar, and yet you also have strong leading men, and one does not have to denigrate the other to be impactful right. and strong and
0: yeah. Imagine that. Women and men can be women and men together.
1: <laughs> it's it's it really just goes to show why they're a million times better than movies like the Marvel movies. That might be a controversial Whoa. take for some people. But not. No, that's easy. It was just better. The <laughs> second part, Jonathan, Mr. Three Parts, is which is your favorite book?
0: <sighs>
1: it's just one tale.
0: Yeah, same answer.
1: I'm going to cheat and say The Silmarillion. So there you go.
0: Silmarillion. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> right. uh, and the last one, how do the books and movies compare? I mean... They compa- th- so this is what I'm going to say, and, and I know that there might not be people that agree with this. I obvi- so are the, bu- the books are always better than yeah. the TV or the movies 99. in terms of 99. the material and obviously the accuracy because the books came first. Right. But I think if you said we're going to put together like nine hours of tape and we're going to tell the Lord of the Rings story of Frodo Baggins, that's, they did about as good as you can do.
0: Right. Yeah, like, I mean, I agree. I mean, so often, like the books give you so much more depth. And, you know, he really um, went, there's so much symbolism in the books that you can't just bring into the movie. It's It's got to have that time to kind of play out and everything. So i I've definitely the... But the, but the books are amazing to get you, or the movies are amazing to get you familiar with the story and into it. So I think that'd be great yeah. to bring in lots of younger kids to read it. But yeah, Tolkien, you know, was, was writing about grand themes, and I think you have to really read the books to get them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and nobody reads anymore. So if you don't watch <laughs> the movies, that's it. You just, don't, you just don't get to have it. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. <clears throat> Lyle Durio writes Dear Alan and Sherry. If you had some land, what would you do with it? So I actually will tell you mm. what I would do if I had some land. Um, I've discussed this with a handful of people recently. Now, these aren't really plans that I have, per se, because, right. I mean, I'm a libertarian podcaster. Guys, I don't have any money.
0: <laughs> what? But
1: if I, if I have, what? <laughs> no. If I did have money, um, if, I, if I struck it rich on the crypto market or whatever, buy SafeMoon, by the way. For people who have asked, like, are you into cryptocurrency? Have you invested in one? I have invested in SafeMoon. Yeah. I'm hoping it gets to be like the next Bitcoin. And if it does, then I'll do this thing I'm about to talk about. Cool. I've, I, what I have thought about is, and we've discussed this on the show before. Yeah. There's nothing that you or I can do politically or otherwise that's going to make America a free society in current year. That's just that can't happen. But the, e- the the easiest way to get to that point is to be really, really rich,
0: mm-hmm.
1: be very wealthy, be very well off, be very um, self-sufficient and have some type of a private community, both like philosophically and perhaps geographically with like minded people. That's right. the. Do that and have lots of money. That's pretty much the closest you're going to get to living in like an NCAP paradise. And so if, if, I, I wish that I had the resources to go down and basically pay for the development of like a subdivision, like a ga- mm-hmm. like a private gated community, maybe down somewhere in Florida. And then I would move there and then I would invite, you know, some of our folks mm-hmm. to, to stake, you know, in that private community. And I mean, if everyone were well enough off and lived in that community like that would that's I mean, you're you're going to have to leave the community. Some. I mean, I guess you could just use DoorDash or, Uber Eats or yeah. some, you could use delivery services and have someone at the gates. But that's the, in my mind, that's the closest you're going to have. Are you still going to have to pay taxes or you can, of course, you're going to have to do right. lots of things you don't want to do. But I think that that affords you the opportunity to live. You, you're going to be able to practice more agorism for people that are into that. You know, right. you can have your gardens. You can print your guns. You can do lots you collect of... Collect you your can, rainwater. You can trade in cryptocurrencies and not report. You're not that I'm saying you shouldn't right. report everything, but not your... And, and if you do that, then that's maybe the best we can do.
0: Oh, my... You know what would be a great, like, uh, reality what? TV show? libertarian cul-de-sac i can see it now let's do it that's (laughs) what
1: i would like to do but i actually but bad news for a lot of people that might be listening to this most of you folks are autistic af (laughs) and you guys are not getting invitations to my private gated community
0: yeah but
1: some some of you i've actually already specifically talked to and said hey come on we're going let's do it if you if you hear from me actually you know what in the chat type one If you are interested in joining the private and cap community in Florida, type um, type 69 if you're not. (laughs) So finally, last question for this week. Uh, Michael Clark asks, dear Alan and Sherry, who was the most important thinker of the 20th century and who's the most important thus far in the 21st? God, that's just so boring. I'm not even going to answer that
0: nerd nerdy question
1: good <laughs> nerd nerd what I'm a libertarian it's just like like i have to go get tested for asperger's now for having even read that um <laughs> guys we're going to be right back to talk about why the war over weed has not been won yet right after this break don't go away Guys, welcome back to the show. Speaking of the war for weed not having been won yet, check out this article for this week from Reason Magazine. This 38-year-old man will spend life in prison over one and a half ounces of marijuana. That, That is happening in current year. Now, there are some circumstances, but we'll openly share those with you. This is from Elizabeth Nolan Brown over at Reason Magazine. Reminder, people are still sentenced to life in prison for marijuana possession. With so many states choosing to legalize marijuana, it's easy to forget how draconian the penalties for possession can still be. Case in point, the Missouri Court of Appeals just upheld, just upheld, so this was the appeal, just upheld a life sentence for 38-year-old Alan Russell for being in possession of about one and a half ounces of the drug. So he was sentenced originally in 2019 for having 1.55 ounces of marijuana. On the appeal, Russell's lawyers argued that his life sentence amounts to cruel and unusual punishment, and it's grossly disproportionate. I think that that's pretty fair to say. Yeah. In general, if you're wondering, well, how did we get here? In general, possession of between 30 and 250 grams is a felony punishable by a maximum of three years imprisonment and or a maximum fine of $3,000 in Mississippi. But the sentence can be drastically increased if a person has previous felony convictions. Now I'm gonna take a break right there, because I know what some of maybe maybe our more right wing leading audience might be thinking. They might be thinking, Well, if you don't if you don't break the law, then you won't <laughs> have that happen. Right. Um or they might be thinking, Oh, he had prior offenses. He had prior offenses, that's why it has it's not about the marijuana, it's about all the horrible things he did. Right. I don't do impressions, by the way. I just...
0: I think that's pretty good.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I actually take that back. I only do two impressions in the world. I do Towley from South Park, (laughs) and I do a a, a telemarketer from India calling about your long-distance service. Right. That's it. That's it. So there's,
0: don't forget to bring a towel.
1: (laughs) And there's... And then there's... (laughs) And then there's... Sir, I'd like to call you about your long-distance service. <laughs>
0: I'm
1: so, I'm sorry that my only impressions are racist and copyright Tow- infringement. Yeah, yes. in Mississippi. A person. This this segment just exploded before our eyes, didn't it?
0: Kaboom!
1: <clears throat> you. I have to figure out ways to lighten the mood because we're talking about something that's so Absolutely ridiculous.
0: Horrific.
1: In Mississippi, I can't imagine in the, anything being draconian in the state of Mississippi. <laughs> right. We just we just watched *The Time to Kill*. That was in Mississippi. Yes,
0: yeah. Yep. Yes,
1: I think they deserve to die. And. Yeah. And. <laughs> and I and I hope they burn in hell.
0: Burn in it, hell.
1: In Mississippi, a person can be sentenced to life without parole after serving at least one year in prison on two separate felonies, one of which of one of which must be a violent offense. So right now, that leads you to believe, oh, he's a he's a he's a prior felon with right. a history of violence. So that's why he was sentenced. But mm-hmm. hold on, Russell had been convicted in two thousand four of burglary. He served more than eight years in prison for it. Didn't that Amber Geiger lady walk into somebody's house and shoot them, and she got like the same amount of time as this guy?
0: Why I believe she did, Alan.
1: Just. By law, by law, burglary is a violent offense in Mississippi whether or not there is proof that violence occurred. This was not the case when Russell was sentenced for home burglary in 2004. Then burglary was only considered a violent crime if there was proof of violence. The law changed in 2014. Then in 2015, Russell was convicted of unlawful possession of a firearm by a felon. Because you know, if you've broken one of the state's laws, then the Bill of Rights no longer applies to you. Exactly. I thought I thought the right wingers were pro Second Amendment,
0: but they don't, Alan. They're not. But
1: they're not. But they're not though. <laughs> so he was uh, convicted of uh, unlawful possession of firearm by a felon. He served two more years in prison. The marijuana arrest came in 2017. So listen to this. Because by this point, Russell was what the state deems a, quote, habitual offender. His conviction came with a mandatory sentence of life imprisonment without eligibility for parole, probation, or any form of early release from actual physical custody within the Department of Corrections. Read that again. Habitual offenders... In, in Mississippi, mandatory sentence of life imprisonment without parole. Wow! Like we're obviously very much against mandatory minimums Absolutely. on this program. That—that's not even—I mean, their mandatory minimum is the maximum.
0: Right. I mean, to to me, I always think mandatory sentencing, mandatory those anything mandatory, zero tolerance is zero mm-hmm. thinking. Like that, there's there's no room for any kind of, well, this isn't what that is, kind of judgment. There you go.
1: Russell's case presents another example of the absurd and unfair way that U.S. criminal laws can be stacked against people to create absurdly severe punishments. Owning a gun in Mississippi is not illegal in of itself, but because Russell had previous felony conviction, it is for him. A person with a previous felony conviction and a firearm is guilty of unlawful possession. So it's so it's a triple whammy there so for one he the 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 crime for which he ultimately was sentenced to life was a marijuana charge this the second whammy that he was considered a violent former offender without there actually being a victim listed who had been physically accosted by by him and then lastly the the third piece of it was a gun charge where you know I, I thought The right to self-defense in all of its forms was absolute. But of course, it's only what you can defend. So that actually segues me a little bit into talking about how it's it's weird to hear a story that extreme in, in current year. But you and I, Sherry, have talked about how, let's say hypothetically, we wake up tomorrow and the federal prohibition on marijuana is over. They finally, they finally wised up and marijuana... I mean, marijuana is already legal like in half the country now, right? Right. So now marijuana is legal everywhere. Prohibition is over. We've learned our lesson. The question then will become, though, will people like him be pardoned the next day? Uh, I think not. No. You don't no. think so?
0: I don't think so. I mean, we have people right now that there there are um dna tests that have proved that they couldn't have committed these crimes and yet the the same legal system that's supposed to search for justice you know they don't allow this to come back into the court so i i have very doubtful that they would care about these people that it's their done deal they've got their man they want to keep him
1: yeah so he's he's only 38 years old so i mean if he lived to be 80 that's 42 years of his life the and of course it, it there's there's an interesting legal question of in for Mississippi it's life without the possibility of parole, um, I mean I, technically a pardon or a commutation I guess would would supersede that if if it were granted and and so it just you know it I it's a little bit I know I'm getting off the off track here a little bit but it just reminded me and and our next our next segment is going to touch on this as well is. Because the, the virus of unknown origins has been so popular in the news of late, and rightfully so, a lot of people have looked at, well, how good is a state, is a, is a governor or an executive or a mayor or whatever, how good are they on mandates and lockdowns? If they're good on those things, then good on them. Hooray, conservative. Hooray, small government. freedom. Hooray, freedom. <laughs> But a lot of those same places are also the places that have the most draconian, anti what I would call anti-justice laws. Yes. There's no, justice is not served to put a 38-year-old person in prison for the rest of their life because they got caught with some weed. Right. And And, and we're not even, like, we're not even fleshing out, like, the greater points of, What does it mean for someone like, so, so let's say they went and arrested a thousand people right now and they got life imprisonment for pot, for anything for that matter, the the, the drain on society, the, the, the cost to the state, which of course means a cost to its people via taxation to, to pay for, to stuff the prisons full and hire the guards and pay for the food and the, and the boarding for all the prisoners you're going to keep for 20, 30, 40, 50 years at a clip. no matter what it's for much less for a nonviolent offense such as marijuana possession
0: i i kind of think that's what they want they they want to keep the system in place and in order to keep their jobs going they have to keep people in there right i mean the one their budget's cut
1: um yes i (laughs) i think that that's a plausible explanation it's, it's so funny to be sitting here in 2021 talking about this particular offense, just because you feel like we're sort of kind of at this precipice historically mm-hmm. of so, so much of the country has, so many states have effectively nullified the federal prohibition on marijuana. Right. Obviously, Mississippi is not one of them. And also too, a, another interesting legal aspect of it is, and this applies to uh, Russell's case, which is... What laws said at a certain time versus what they say upon your sentencing versus what they say upon your appeal versus what they say even five or 10 years later, because... Something in in my mind, you know, something must be just or it is unjust. It right. can't it can't be just today and unjust tomorrow. It, mm-hmm. That's not, that's what having principles is. Right? right. If you have principles, you believe that something is or isn't a just and, and good thing or it isn't. Right. Um. So if if a legal technicality meant that his sentencing was going to be increased from what What did it say a potential of a few years up right. to life in prison yeah. but that law gets changed are you still going to spend the rest of your life in prison right My, again me thinks yes unless you are officially pardoned um it's it's going to be interesting to see in the months in in hopefully short months and years to follow from the time of this recording that if if prohibition ends on at least some substances, will they then be releasing <clears throat> all nonviolent offenders? And I even stopped myself on that word because in this, in this case of Russell here in Mississippi, they consider him a violent offender. Right. So someone like him would fall through the cracks, even if they were throwing open the, the cell doors for exactly. other people.
0: Yeah. I disgusting
1: i want to stress this point before we take the next break is that we highlight cases like like alan russell's here on the show but cases uh, our friend suzanne sherman who has been on the program uh, multiple times has said Mm -hmm. as someone who has been involved in the justice system who has represented people has said cases like this happen every day all over the country
0: yeah This is,
1: this is one case that we're highlighting and maybe it's particularly egregious, but cases like this happen every single day all over the country. Yep. So I'm just saying, look, all I'm saying is, is that if Hamas fires rockets into Tel Aviv, but Israel originally funded Hamas to get rid of like the LPO, then it's like us with Al-Qaeda, right? I mean, they're, you know.
0: You create your monster and then you have to deal with it.
1: If we can get an interview with Alan Russell, we will ask him about that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we're going to be back to talk about one position that probably the biggest position that I changed my mind on in the last several years. We're going to talk a little bit about the death penalty right after this break. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. Huh! <laughs> I'm so glad we brought the huh back to the program. Yeah. But it the was, it was just... Huh. <laughs> It was disturbing, though, almost, because it was like half a beat off from where the huh should be.
0: It's it's right on my end.
1: I bet Celeste has already turned off the show. <laughs> you you don't have an accurate huh. Can't go on. Show's dead. <laughs> Speaking of being dead. Oh, that's a terror. Oh, oh, I'm that sorry. That was a
0: terrible segue. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: Um, This I know. Okay. <clears throat> Speaking of being deceased. Our next article this week uh, also comes from Reason from Billy Binion. He was executed for murder. New DNA evidence implicates someone else. Liddell Lee was put to death in 2017 for a killing he likely didn't commit.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm not going to say I've come to terms with the state trying to take my life, Liddell Lee told the BBC in 2017 as its execution date neared, because I have not, nor will I ever come to terms. Lee's now gone. The state of Arkansas killed him on April 20th, 2017 for his alleged role in the 93 murder of Deborah Reese. Now, DNA evidence found on the murder weapon implicates a different man. Now, I'm going to take a quick break right there. They, if DNA evidence found on the murder weapon implicates a different man now, that means it always did.
0: Correct. It
1: just wasn't brought to light until effectively it was too late bafflingly that evidence located on a blood spattered white shirt and a wooden club the latter of which was used to beat reese to death was not tested before the trial imagine having the murder weapon covered in blood and they just don't they just don't bother to run forensics on it
0: i mean they used to do it just for blood type if nothing else
1: At least two of the witnesses who testified failed to identify Lee, either in a police lineup or at the trial. Meanwhile, Lee had to contend with deeply inadequate court-appointed lawyers. Now, we've all heard jokes about the crappy little free court-appointed lawyer you get when you can't afford representation, Mm -hmm. but this right here, this one might take the cake. One was struggling with addiction. Another eventually surrendered his license after suffering from mental illness. Others had conflicts of interest, and all of them failed to investigate his claim of innocence. Though prosecutors used merely circumstantial evidence to tie him to the murder, Lee's lawyers did not consult with forensics experts and never even asked for DNA testing.
0: Well, that's
1: amazing. I, yeah, I mean, I know that's tough because I know I know that, you know, a, a random naysayer might say, well... You know, I've, I've, I've listened to enough, you know, crime dramas. I've watched enough Dateline that if that were me, I would say, uh, excuse me, uh, you know, as the defendant, I, I want, I want to have that tested, you know,
0: doesn't work that way,
1: but he wasn't representing himself. And it's, it's a shame that not having, not being able to afford better representation and, as, as we've heard many times before, you know, your ignorance of the law is not an excuse in the eyes of the people who write the laws, even though the laws are, you know, stacked this high. Right. If they can find one that you are not intimately familiar with, you're going to jail. Right. After the guilty verdict came down against Lee, that did change. Lawyers for the Innocence Project and the American Civil, Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, sought several times to test that evidence. There's that R word again, but mm-hmm. Republican governor Asa Hutchinson pushed to expedite the proceedings as doses were running up against their expiration date. This is what Asa Hutchinson said, quote, it's my duty to carry out the law. The fact that it is the jury that found him guilty based upon the information that they had. Okay.
0: Right. And then if, those are doses of their injectables to murder yes. him. Yeah.
1: Yes. So, so Reese, the, the victim of the murder for which uh, Liddell Lee was, uh, was convicted, Reese was murdered in, in Jacksonville, Arkansas. Apparently there's a Jacksonville, Arkansas. Shortly okay. after calling her mother to tell her that a black man had knocked on her door to ask for tools. She was found dead shortly afterward, bludgeoned with a club and left on the floor of her home, her body partially covered by a rug when police came. Lee was arrested only two days later. Two tiny blood samples gathered on his shoes were inconclusive. A sample found on his jacket came back negative for both his and Reese's DNA. The state omitted the second and introduced the former, notwithstanding the fact that investigators could not even derive a blood type from the minuscule samples you you would also you right. would almost think that that would actually hurt their case because it would it would go to show well that's the best that's the best they have right the, the best they have but <laughs> the evidence gathered by the ACLU and the Innocence Project both point to the same male it doesn't match a sample yet recorded on the national criminal database so it is not clear who the person is but one thing is conclusive neither of them belong to Liddell Lee.
0: Yeah. it's it's so infuriating it's so infuriating cuz like aren't the prosecutors supposed to be about getting to the bottom and getting justice right and truth and yet they don't even pursue D- uh, dna testing or any kind of testing on the blood it's it's just it's incredible that anyone can claim that there's justice in a justice system that that does this
1: it it makes me think, or it's, it's really more just a reminder that I've, I've answered this question a number of times in interviews, you know, sometimes a popular question to ask people in our community is, well, okay, you're a real libertarian, hashtag you know, trademark symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what is a major position that you most recently remember perhaps reconsidering or changing your stance on? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'll be honest with you. And there was, there was a point in time when I was, you know, I was pro-choice, but I have since that time, uh, moved to a position of Mm pro-life, uh, based on, I, what's funny is, is that I'm not a religious person. Right. I I know, I know you may be shocked to learn that. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I do consider life to be sacred. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't mean I don't think some people should get got. I'm not a right. pacifist.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but but I do think that life is sacred. And furthermore, I don't. I do believe in the in the principle that no body can possibly be delegated a right or authority that you don't possess. Yes. If you don't have the right to take someone's life because you accuse them of a slaying and your evidence is there's blood on their shoes that doesn't belong to anyone. <laughs>
0: right.
1: If that's your evidence, you don't have the right to kill that guy. Yeah. And if you don't, then you can't possibly have delegated that to your state or municipality to carry out that sentence on your behalf. Because of course, you know, in, in court it's always, you know, the state versus so and so. Well, if this was, you know, the state versus Liddell Lee, well that, the state can't possibly have the right to put him to death because I can't. Right. So he can't, they can't either. And that's not even, that's not even getting into cases exactly like this, where this is the state we're talking about, Sherry. Right. These, these are the people who can't fill the, they can tax you to fix the roads, but somehow the pothole doesn't get filled. Somehow, right. somehow. These are, these are the people who will condemn terror and then sell weapons to the, the worst people around the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, these are. These, these are the, these are the people who will declare someone to be a violent convict when they never actually committed any violent aggression and then sentence exactly. them to life in prison for having and, a, an ounce and a half. Yeah. Um, and so why would we trust those people to carry out life or death sentencing?
0: Right. I, I think life is far too precious to leave up to human error like that. You know, I mean, if someone's killed in the commission of a crime, well, they got got, right? They they were actually committing the crime and the people protected themselves. That's a different, that's a different thing, but it's just too precious to leave up to these people. And they're just, you know, if if it's geography as well, that matters like a, a part of what is wrong with the death penalty is that the fairness across the board can't be applied to everyone because in many States, Tennessee being one, Two counties do most of the death penalty things. Most of the counties don't bother with it. It's too expensive. There's a lot of different problems with it. But that's, you know, you can be charged with something like marijuana possession in one place and it's a misdemeanor. And in another place, it's death penalty. So that, that makes no sense and it's not fair.
1: Well, it's it's interesting too. And far be it for me to pick on Republicans. But the the cases specifically that we highlighted tonight there's what's there's that old um there's that old H.L. Mencken quote the one about uh moral busybodies where mm-hmm. he talks about and and I know I'm gonna butcher the quote because I don't have it in front of me mm-hmm. but where he's talking about the the worst people are not the are not the tyrants they're not yes. the they're they're not the carpetbaggers they're 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 the moral busybodies because mm-hmm. the former eventual their their greed might be sated. They might move right. on, but the moral busybodies uh, aggress upon you with the confirmation of their own conscience. Mm-hmm. They know what's best and they're going to, they're going to give it to you. Right. Um, and, and in that same vein, uh, like the cases we've talked about tonight, it's, it's in deep red conservative states that these huge miscarriages of justice took yes. place. And that's such a shame because at least, at least on paper, you know, they're, they're the conservatives or, or the capital R Republicans at large, they like to fancy themselves as pro-Constitution, limited government, pro-gun rights, pro-individualism, pro-personal responsibility, all those things. But it's not really true, though, is it? Yeah. Because when, when taken to the logical conclusion, uh, dare I say the principled stance, those, then, then applying the most onerous of legal penalties to people who were only engaged in doing something that hurt no one else, or in the, or in the case of uh Liddell Lee here, uh just an outrageous miscarriage of justice, and then going out of your way, you know, Governor Asa Hutchinson expediting the whole process, that just has Kamala Harris written all over it, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> it, that, that was somebody it made me think of when I was reading. Is that that has Kamala Harris written all over it, and we're and yet we're to believe that an Asa Hutchinson and a Kamala Harris are on vastly different ends right. of the political spectrum, but evidence doesn't seem to bear that out, does it?
0: Right. No. And I I think this is one of the good criticisms of a lot of uh, conserv conservatives, you know, in harsh quotes that, that a lot of people on the left have is that life only matters if it's unborn to them. And that seems to bear out over and over again, that the life of the unborn is, is really important to them. But once, once you're out of the womb, buddy, you're in trouble.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, then that means the only life that matters is the baby of their wives and their wives' boyfriends. That baby's life matters. <laughs> um so I bet if Liddell Lee were here today, um, and I love that he said he wasn't gonna come to terms with it. He wasn't gonna wow. come to terms with the state taking trying to take his life, which they ultimately did. But I bet if Liddell Lee were here today He would say, no matter what your stance on Israel and Palestine is, why is the United States giving $3.8 billion to fund the Iron Dome little defense system, which that's what they call it. But you know, they probably put some of the money into the missile defense system. Mm -hmm. The rest of the money went into missiles and bombs to shoot into Gaza to kill a bunch of Palestinians.
0: And the unborn ones as well.
1: Yeah, they're killing the unborn. That's right. Good, good on Liddell for thinking that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I think so.
1: I just don't want anyone to be left thinking that I don't stand with Israel. By that I mean, (laughs) I can't stand Israel, can't stand it. If Lysander Spooner were here, he would tell you what he thinks of Israel. (laughs) That's all I'm... Guys, we're going to be back to finish up the show and get the last of Sherry's anti-Semitic thoughts right after this break. Hi guys, it's Alan here, and I want to take a moment to let you know about one of our supporters who started a new business. Laura Moreau sells 50 different health and wellness all-natural products from weight loss, supplements, energy enhancers, body toning, longer and stronger hair, and so much more. Do you like coffee? Well, they even have coffee that'll help you drop some pounds. And who doesn't want to drop a few pounds? Go check her out at our online store at lauramoreau.itworks.com today. That's lauramoreau.itworks.com. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Guys, if you wanna support a decentralized platform that values free speech and don't just complain about big tech, you can find us on Odyssey. It's Odyssey.com slash at Alan Mosley TV or just search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. You must have done that because the live premiere for this week is happening on Odyssey right now. Yeah. So hello. How are you? <laughs> But if you're listening instead of watching, you're getting in on your favorite podcasting platform of choice thanks to Anchor FM. You can find us on anchor.fm slash Alan Mosley TV, uh, as well as Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those good ones. Just search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Uh, Sherry, do you have a final thought, you vile Nazi sympathizer?
0: <laughs> yes. A never 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 talk to the police and if you do get grandmama to sell her wigs and teeth and do whatever you have to do in order to get good <clears throat> representation
1: i'm gonna call suzanne if i ever get arrested
0: <laughs> yes
1: and then i'm gonna get life in prison without
0: the possibility
1: <laughs> for <all. laughs> oh man you're uh sherry you're not gonna be here next week
0: no i'm traveling
1: you're traveling, but we do have a little something prepared for next week that's going to be special. So so we'll see how that goes. But guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.